Hello and welcome to another edition of the Top of the D podcast. I'm Ross Bone, aka the Top of the D, and with the domestic season all done and dusted, you could be forgiven for thinking hockey was all over for a while. You'd be bang wrong though. Great Britain are well into their run of home games for the FIH Pro League, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Here's what's coming up. Great Britain's men faced off against the Olympic champions and the world champions in the same weekend as they aimed to consolidate their place in the top four of the Pro League. Great Britain's women were hoping to end their difficult run, also facing Argentina and Belgium, as Mark Hagar's side hoped to kickstart their Pro League campaign. We'll be taking a look at all four games over the weekend. There'll be plenty of Argentinian beef and plenty of Belgian waffle. So without further ado, let's get cracking. So before we get into the serious stuff, it's time for the first of today's clues in the Who Am I quiz. For those new listeners, it's nice and simple. I give you three clues over the course of the show, and you have to guess who the mystery hockey player is. Easy. Here's today's first clue. I started my club career at Ipswich Hockey Club and have won a European Championships bronze medal and a Commonwealth Games bronze medal. That clue again. I started my club career at Ipswich Hockey Club and have won a European Championships bronze medal and a Commonwealth Games bronze medal. Well done if you've already got that after one clue. No worries if you didn't. There's another clue coming up shortly. So this past weekend was a massive one for Great Britain in the context of the FAH Pro League. Two days, back-to-back games for both men and women. The men had a tough weekend in prospect with the Olympic champions Argentina on Saturday and then the world champions Belgium on Sunday. They went into the weekend in the top four in the Pro League, so on course to qualify for that grand final with four wins from six and a real chance to tighten their grip on that place in the Netherlands. Great Britain's women were facing the same opponents with Argentina, who beat them 4-2 in the reverse fixture away from home, lining up against them on Saturday. And Belgium, who came into the match off the back of a 2-1 win over the USA in their last match, playing them on the Sunday. Mark Hagar's side have had a difficult time in this competition, so two positive results were a must for them. As I always say when I do these types of podcasts, the interviews and the match roundups are all recorded as I go in the moment. So if questions sound odd or or dated, given what we know now, that's because I didn't have the benefit of hindsight at the time. So what I try to do is, is build a picture of what happened over the course of the weekend as close to how it happened as possible. Anyway, with that in mind, it's time for Game 1, Great Britain versus Argentina in the Women's FIH Pro League. And so, to Game 1 of the weekend. Great Britain's women taking on Argentina. Las Leonas came into the game with seven wins from 12 games, whilst Mark Hagar's Great Britain side had just one win in eight games. Argentina were without star goalkeeper Belen Succi, as well as some big-name players in Delfina Marino, Maria Granato and Florencia Habif. About 800 caps worth of experience missing there, but they were still going to be no pushovers by any means, especially as their side still had the likes of Carla Rebecchi and Silvina D'Elia in the lineup. Uh, Great Britain brought in 18-year-old Izzy Petter for her international debut. The Serbian youngster has impressed as part of the elite development squad and has been suitably strong in training with the seniors to earn herself a place in Mark Hagar's team for this game. There's also a long-awaited return for Olympic gold medalist Susanna Townsend after six frustrating months out injured. Uh, We'll cover off Townsend's return shortly, but first of all, what happened in the game? All in all, it 
it wasn't an especially pretty game. Uh, Great Britain clearly had a game plan to match Argentina physically all over the pitch, uh, which given the tenacity and the physicality that is so often prevalent in Las Leonas' style, that's no mean feat for anyone. The first quarter was relatively incident-free. Uh, Great Britain's best moments came by the pace and direct running of Lily Owsley and Joe Hunter, who were both threatening throughout. And Laura Unsworth and Holly Pernweb did an excellent job of ensuring Sabi Hesh in the GB goal was just a spectator for the first 15 minutes. Second quarter, Unsworth picked a penalty corner strike from D'Elia off the line, and Argentina began to put Great Britain under much more pressure. Um, I thought... Agustina Albertario, her pace and her excellent skills, as well as her willingness to drive at the GB defence, made her a real standout performer for the visitors and a constant threat. In fact, Albertario was unlucky not to open the scoring as her shot clipped the woodwork and went to safety. Um, the breakthrough goal was a scrappy one. Again, Albertario was at the heart of it. Her cross clipped Holly Pernweb. I think, on the shin and diverted into the net. There were just eight minutes to go and that goal went in. And after such a tight game, it looked like that might win it. However, Great Britain at home are a tough prospect. And with time running out, Lily Owsley pounced on a penalty corner rebound, spun and slotted the ball home. And it sent the home fans absolutely wild. And it also sent the game into a shootout. Shootout was tense and nervy. Anna Toman was unable to score first up for Great Britain. And then uh, Delia stepped up and smashed the ball into the bottom corner from just inside the circle. Um, I had to laugh at that one because I always think smashing it from the top of the circle is a really risky tactic in the shootout. I don't think it's a percentage shot in terms of risk versus reward. You could easily hit it wide. You could easily hit the goalkeeper over the bar, whatever. But I guess... If you can find the bottom corner like that with an unstoppable strike like the one she produced, you're well within your rights to do it. What do I know? Um, Hannah Martin and Albertario both missed and then Pernweb forced it home to make it 1-1. Sadly, Sarah Jones and Sarah Evans were both unable to score for Great Britain. And although Carla Rebecca missed, uh, Julieta Yankunas had the chance to win it, which she duly did just squeezing the ball past Sabi Hesh to win it, the, the extra point for Argentina. So it's one point for Great Britain, two points for Argentina. Not what the home crowd wanted, not what the home team wanted, but I think it's fair to say they competed all over the field with Argentina. After the match, I had a quick chat with Lily Owsley. Here's how she saw the game. <laughs> Um, so, slightly disappointing outcome in the end, but what are your thoughts on the game overall, Lily? Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a tough run up until now. Um, we've obviously got a pretty new team and with a new coach, been building up some different things and um, it's been frustrating in the last few months and I, I really feel like today we put some of those things right. We absolutely nailed our press um, and there's a few more things we need to tie together, but we really showed kind of what team we can play as today and yeah, it's, it's exciting looking forward and yeah, they got us in the shootout, but a point is a point and we're going to keep building on that and definitely tomorrow. And you mentioned the press. Um, they were having some real trouble working that out, weren't they? Was that something specific for this game or something that you've been looking at anyway? Uh, yeah, specific. We've got a few presses under our belt and we'll kind of tweak them and mix them to certain teams, certain players. And yeah, Mark nailed that today um, and Ralphie and that's kind of, it's just, they, they do all that and we've just got to, you know, implement it on the pitch and we did that today and to be honest, the main tactics today were just have a bit of like fighting the dog, get in their faces, let them know we're there, be aggressive, you know, no cards, but really show them, show them you're there. And, and that's what we did. And against this tough, tough team like Argentina, you've just got to physically match that. And you mentioned that it's been quite a hard run in, the, in this pro league. Um, so, I mean, how, how do you guys kind of address that and, and try and change the results and put them the way you want them to be? Um, yeah, hard run's a nice way to put it. Um, it's, it's actually, it's, we've stayed in pretty good spirits. Everyone knows the period we're in. And sometimes you've just got to kind of realise the transition period you're in and kind of have faith and belief that things will come together. Uh, we have so much faith in Mark and it's, it's such an exciting time for this team and, and the things he's implementing in this team are just so different they're so refreshing um, and yeah it's an exciting place to be at the moment and the last few weeks we've really shown what we can do and it is coming together it's not going to be it's not going to be there today it's not going to be there tomorrow but you know the next few months 
the last few months we've shown how much of an increase we can make the next few months will be so exciting and uh, you know no time to sort of rest you know another game tomorrow how do you think that's going to go um, but yeah that's perfect we haven't had back to backs in so long and every time you finish playing you just wish you had another game tomorrow to either build on that momentum or to put something right and you know the whistle blew today and I was like right on to the next you kind of just want to keep it rolling over especially with momentum like that and at a point is momentum for us at the moment and so you know we're not going to come away with less than three points tomorrow fantastic thanks very much Lou. Um, I'll just pick up on something uh, Lily said in that interview uh, before I make a couple of observations in general about the match. Um, I think the things that she said about what Mark Hagar is trying to implement and how they're getting closer and closer to where they want to be, they're really, really important points. Um, success breeds expectation. We, we all get that. We all understand that. There will be people out there who believe that because Great Britain won the Olympics in 2016, they should be hammering every team in sight and winning every title there is. And whilst that would be nice, don't get me wrong, I'd love that, um, we've got to be realistic. Um, currently, this is a side in transition. They lost a lot of players, both to injury and retirement. They've changed coaches partway through a cycle. You know, Mark Hagar's not been in post for very long, so it's going to take time for his ideas and his style to click on the pitch, and it will take time for the team to see the results. Um, I guess what Lily was alluding to in that interview, certainly something that I believe, is that we need to be patient. Hagar turned New Zealand into contenders, Commonwealth Games gold medalists. Um, but it took time. Hopefully, he can do similar things with the group of players he has with Great Britain. I guess time will tell. Um, things I sort of noted in general in the match, I thought Izzy Petter acquitted herself well on her debut. Uh, she definitely didn't look overawed. She didn't look out of place. And she will only get better with time. Um, Tess Howard is, you know, another one that's relatively new to international hockey, but she seems to be settling well at this level, which bodes well both for the short term and the long term. Um, Lily mentioned it in the interview, and and, and it's something I picked up on uh, whilst I was watching the game. I was, I was really um, impressed with the way Great Britain pressed Argentina. They were very aggressive when Argentina had the ball, um, and they they. It was really interesting to see them sort of throwing a player, it's usually Hannah Martin, up high to stop Argentina transferring the ball around the back. And then they had a cluster of players pressuring the ball from behind to try and cut out the option going forwards. With Martin not allowing the transfer, Great Britain managed to nick the ball high up the field on more than one occasion. And with a bit more luck, a bit more composure, a bit more you know, a bit more clinical in the final third. They could have had some goals from that. Um, it certainly gave Argentina a lot of trouble. And as Lily said in the interview, Mark Hager and David Ralph deserve a lot of credit for setting the side up like that. And, you know, on another day, they could really have, uh, have got some results from it. Um, the final point I wanted to make about that game is just how fantastic it is to see Susanna Townsend back out there in a GB shirt. She's been out injured for a long time. And anyone who follows her on social media will have seen how hard she's been working to get back to full fitness, but also how hard it is both mentally and physically for an athlete like her to be out for so long. And her experience, her pace, her power, be a real asset to Mark Hager and the team going forward. So it's fantastic to see her come back. Um, I caught up with her after the game, just asked her a few questions about her road to recovery and how she found coming back. And here's what she had to say. So, um, welcome back to Anna. Um, <laughs> how, just, just your immediate thoughts uh, after that game. Um, on the game or? On the game on first. The game. Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't been around for the other games, but I think we played a lot better than we have done. Um, I mean, I think we, we had quite a few chances to score. I think we, we took the game to them and, and played attacking hockey, which is what we set out to do. So, although, I mean, it sounds very cliche, although the result maybe didn't go our way, I think we can actually look back on that and think we did a lot more than we had previously. And, uh, it's been a really long road for you, been out <laughs> injured. That must have felt great to get back out there and play. Yeah, it did. It, it feels really good to get out and play. I mean, I've only been back with the squad properly for a full week in terms of being fit. So, 
hopefully my brain gets a bit faster in terms of hockey and I get a bit more confidence when I actually start playing again. But when I felt my hockey was alright, I think a few of my decision making just, well, could have been a little bit better, but hopefully that will come. But yeah, you know what, I love hockey so it's nice to be able to play. I mean, it's been, it's been really tough for you. It's probably the first really serious injury you've had that's kept you up for a long time. How hard has that, that um, rehab been? Yeah, to be honest, um, my knee injury after Rio was tough, but it came at a good time. And this is a, an injury that I've had since sort of Europeans 2017, and, and it's been something that I we haven't been able to really rehab properly. And from the first time we've been able to actually do it, and instead of playing through little niggles, I've been able to actually rehab it. So it's, I mean, mentally, if I'm honest, it's been the toughest one to come back from. Um, clearly, also because I'm a little bit older as well, so it's probably taken a little bit longer. But do you know what? I, I still feel like I can be a little bit better, a little bit fitter. So it's. Yeah, it's good to ask patients to get back. And what, what's kind of, um, you know, I've seen your Instagram, it's, there's been some really tough days, some, some brutal sessions as well. <laughs> what's been the thing that's kind of kept you going to get back on the pitch? Um, do you know what? I think when you've had a few injuries, you do reassess as to why you do it. And, and it, uh, yeah, there were definitely a few low days where I was like, why, why am I here really? What am I doing it for? And, and what's kept me going really is that, yeah, I, I really enjoy the game. I feel like I'm not finished in terms of, how good I can be as a player and I still feel, although we're essentially not proving it through results at the moment, I still feel like we can be a team that, that medals and it does exceptionally well. So if I didn't feel that, I'm not sure I'd be yet. <laughs> and um, you know, going forwards, I mean, um, how, how do you think you guys can go tomorrow in the game coming up as well? Yeah, I think we'll take a lot of confidence from today. Um, I think, yeah, look, if you look at getting into the grand final, that's quite a slim chance now. But at the same time, it's a stepping stone going into the Europeans and then potentially Olympic qualifiers and then I mean our own goal is obviously Tokyo and obviously getting there so it's we need to build on each game and we need to this is our first double header in quite a while we need to look at our post-match protocols and, and see how we'll obviously get prepared for tomorrow. Fantastic thanks very much Del. Some uh, really interesting insight from uh, Susie Townsend there on her return. And as I say, great to see her back in the side. Um, so with a point earned by Great Britain's women and two points for Argentina, um, it was then the turn of the two men's teams to take the field. Um, this was a big game for both sides. Argentina, who are, of course, the Olympic champions, remember, were outside the all-important top four places going into the weekend and a win would help keep them in contention. Whilst Great Britain, uh, they were already in the top four and they were looking to tighten their grip on a place in those grand finals in uh, in Holland. Um, high stakes, as every single game in the Pro League should be. Um, Great Britain's men gave a debut to Surbiton's Tom Sorsby, the second Surbiton debutant of the day, another international to add to the ever-growing collection at Sugden Road. The story of this game in a nutshell, was one of missed chances versus chances taken. Great Britain had 10 penalty corners and 15 shots from open play, had 29 circle entries and 55% of the possession. To most people watching, they were more than a match for the visitors. Yet, after 42 minutes of the contest, they somehow found themselves 3-0 down. Um, it was a penalty corner rebound goal from Martin Ferrero, which gave them the lead. Um, Ignacio Ortiz uh, made it 2-0 and uh, Maiko Casea made it 3-0 in the third quarter. Um, it could actually have been 4-0, but for a video referral overturning a goal that they'd scored when it was 3-0, um, you know, that would have put the game well beyond doubt. Um, hockey crowds in England are pretty quiet most of the time. Um they tend to be sort of quiet and, you know, there's a bit of a lull throughout play. And then occasionally if something exciting's happened, there'll be a bit of noise. But um, when they went 3-0 down, there was almost silence at Lee Valley. It was quite an, an eerie sort of quiet. Um, almost like every single person had the same thought, that there was complete disbelief at the situation they were in. Like, how can we play pretty well and be 3-0 down? Um you know, with four minutes left, Sam Ward snuck a penalty corner through past Juan Manuel Vivaldi. That made it 3-1. And then Alan Forsyth pulled GB to within one with two minutes left. And suddenly the crowd woke up and they roared and roared Great Britain forwards. 
and you know the atmosphere reached fever pitch as one last chance with one last play. They had a shot at goal, but Vivaldi saved it, and the crowd were left disappointed. Um, I spoke to the captain Adam Dixon post match. Um, here's what he made of it all. So um, here with uh, Adam Dixon, the Great Britain captain. Um, bit of a strange game. You, your thoughts immediately after that? Um, yeah, a strange game, but I think one in that we we did show some signs of uh, development and, and dominating the game possession-wise and playing the game at our tempo. I think we've come a long way since the first couple of Pro League games. Um, we'll just be really frustrated with the obvious stuff like not converting as many short corners and and um, and converting you know goal shots into into goals. So it's um, yeah, there's still lots to improve on, but. I, you know, with the game tomorrow, we've got to stay, keep this um, in a positive light, and make sure we rebound and come back strong for tomorrow. Because um, when it was three uh, 0 it felt like statistics-wise, everything except the score yeah. was even. So I mean, how yeah. how frustrating is that? Yeah, it was. It can be potentially frustrating. I think we've done a lot of work on just you know being in the moment and playing what's in front of you and. Most of the time, that's just you know the next immediate five seconds. What do I do and what do the team need to do in those moments? And so you sort of put the scoreline to the back of your mind, and you just keep playing, you know, the process and going through it. But um, yeah, we'd be really happy actually with our general defence, and especially in the first half. I think they only really had one surface entry and one one corner and scored it. So from one half of hockey against the Olympic champions, probably not a bad bad half of hockey. Obviously, you know, um, we'll be disappointed to concede four because um, you're always making life hard for yourself if you're conceding four goals in, in a hockey match. So, um, yeah, plenty to work on, but nothing to be really too down about. And, uh, you, you know, the great thing is you get an immediate chance to uh, sort of make up for it, but tomorrow's the world champions. Yeah, going from the Olympic champs to the world champs, it's, uh, these, don't, these games that don't ever give us any respite. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, this is a quite a... Um, a big weekend for us and putting uh, all the stuff that we've really developed up on you know we probably went into the World Cup a little bit undercooked and tactically and with a bit of um, uh, experience now from those guys who are relatively fresh into the World Cup they know what international hockey is about now and I think this, this weekend is going to be a true test we've, we've come out and really fought hard today against Argentina lost it by a goal um, but you know, we know we're going to have to really be on our game for the full 60 minutes against Belgium. And, uh, you know, what are you expecting from them tomorrow? Um, I just think it's classic, quite a high tempo, well organised um, Belgium attack. I know they're going to be missing Van Doren, but they have such depth um, that that really won't be an issue for Belgium. They like to play, you know, get a free hit, take it quick, and catch you off guard. And we know with the, the quality they have in the forward line that we're compared to today we're really going to have to be on it we can't switch off at any moment so it's just going to be I know we're fully capable of, of beating them as we showed not so long ago here in the, um, uh, in the game and uh, yeah it's just uh, trying to forget about the hiding we got from them in the, in the semi-final of the World Cup and, uh, and just go out we've got nothing to lose tomorrow I don't think um, and a great challenge for us So just a, a few points that I'll pick up uh, off the back of that. Um, one of the reasons I opted to speak to Adam Dixon post-match, aside from him being the captain, is that he's always a very calm and thoughtful individual. Um, I wasn't expecting him to rant and rave and say how terrible everything is after a defeat, and, and he didn't. Um, I wanted a, a reasoned and honest assessment of things, and that's what he gives you, and that's what he gave me. Um I think the thing to take from that interview is that Great Britain are really close in terms of performance. And to be fair, in terms of results so far in this competition, as Dixon said, they did defend very well and they did create a lot of chances. On another day, they could have scored five or six like they did in the away game in Argentina. Essentially, as I said very, um, before, Argentina were pretty clinical on this day and Great Britain were not and that is the difference um yes it's disappointing to lose and yes it could easily have been a win but in the context um that's only their second defeat of the competition and they're still very well placed to get themselves into the final four um 
A few other points to pick up. I thought Tom Sawsby looked decent on his debut. He's clearly a talented player. Uh, he seemed to get up to the pace of the game pretty quickly. I um, mean, he didn't do anything over the top or try anything too complex. He, he marked when he was meant to mark. He made a couple of important tackles and interceptions, and he did his job. And I've said it many times before, international hockey is about limiting your mistakes. If you don't make many mistakes, you don't get punished. He didn't make many mistakes, and so it was a pretty solid debut. Um, I think despite Argentina being without Gonzalo Peña and Agustin Mazzilli, they're still a decent side. Um, they showed how clinical they could be. They took their chances well. It does make you wonder where they'd be in the table if they were at full strength for this tournament. Um, as I said earlier, I think Great Britain are making strides in the right direction. They played some nice stuff. They defended well. They created some chances. Danny Kerry is a proven winner, and I'm excited to see where he can take the group from here. Um, speaking of Danny Kerry, I had a quick chat with him post-match, and here's his take on the game. Um, so it sort of it felt to me like it was a bit of a strange game. It was quite even, and yet you found yourselves three down. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, I think uh, on the balance of sort of options at goal, i.e. corners and circle entries, probably, yeah, we're really disappointed we haven't won the game. Ten penalty corners or eight and two rewards. You know, if you're not converting more, then, then it's always going to struggle. And then, you know, one of their goals was a sub-sub running on, um, you know, so the ball is a far side, sub runs on, you know, kind of gets the ball. That's that. I've seen that. That's harsh and hard. And you have to you have to be ready for it. Uh, and then um, George made a you know a good save and it rotated backwards a little bit, which then he wasn't able to the rebounds again. I said you know, it's just hard. We make a good save and then we're not quite ready. Uh, and then yeah, just a ball ball wouldn't go in for us today. So I, I'm really in one level rather ironically pleased because you know we played Argentina. They are a leading team and yet. We're kicking ourselves with why we didn't win, and I think that's a measure of how we feel about our level of play at the moment. So, would you say that that's sort of uh, very much a progress of whereas before it would be sort of plucky Great Britain, now it's actually we're quite annoyed about that? Yeah, pretty much. That's, uh, I would say exactly how we feel at the moment. Like, that's a game that we should have won. And um, you know, brought in Tom Sawsby for his debut today. Just yeah. a little word about him and how he got on. Yeah, I just chatted to Tom quickly after the game and said, well done, how did you find it? He said in the first five minutes, he's like, wow, the, the difference between junior and senior hockey is incredible. Um, uh, I thought he had a good solid game. Um, there'll be lots for him to learn. But uh, yeah, he's, he's got a bright future. I mean, how important is it for you to, to bring, you know, you've obviously got Reece Smith, Jack Waller, Zach Wallace, people like that. How important is it for you to bring those young players in for yeah, them to get experience and, like this? And Will Kalman tomorrow as well. So, yeah, I mean, one of the things when I took over the role was ensuring there was genuine competition for places. And uh, I think no one in the squad takes a place for granted now. Um, you know, maybe other than the likes of Ainsley and Dixie and others. But even they, they know they've got to perform well and be on it. Um, so that competition for places keeps training environment high, keeps quality high, uh, and that, that leads to good performance. And uh, looking ahead tomorrow, you go from the Olympic champions to the world champions. Yeah. Looking forward to that? I am, yeah. I mean, I think Belgium are probably a good gap better than the rest of the sides in the world at the moment. So it's going to be a step on from Argentina. We need to... You need to look after the ball incredibly well. They will, uh, they will try and change, make really big shapes, and make it really difficult for us to try and play around through us and over us. And uh, we've got to be smart um, and be a real test of us. But overall, you look like you're enjoying it. How, how are yeah. you finding the role? Yeah, massively. Really, really enjoying it. The lads have been absolutely brilliant. They have, uh, they've really responded well. I'm really enjoying working with them. Fantastic. Thanks. So with Saturday's games done and dusted, it's time to give you the second clue in today's Who Am I quiz. So clue number two is as follows. I have 55 international caps to my name and have scored nine goals in that time. That clue again. I have 55 international caps to my name and have scored nine goals in that time. 
Well done if you've already figured it out. Uh, don't worry if you haven't, there will be another clue along shortly. And so, to Sunday's action. First up was Great Britain, down in seventh place in the table, against Belgium, who went into the match in third place. The Red Panthers have played six Pro League matches and won four of them so far, whilst Great Britain, by contrast, had played nine matches, winning just one and drawing three. You'll have heard the Lily Owsley interview earlier on in the podcast where she mentioned Great Britain building momentum and adding that there was no way they were finishing that game without the three points. And as it turned out, Owsley was going to be a, a central figure in the game, just as she was the day before. Um, Owsley, Joe Hunter and Hannah Martin once again uh, represented Great Britain's biggest threat going forwards, with Hunter and Owsley's pace a real problem for the Belgian defence, and Martin's skills in the tight really coming to the fore. Um, early on, Belgium restricted to counter-attacks, uh, but that didn't stop them threatening, and on more than one occasion, uh, Amy Tennant in the Great Britain goal did really well to su- snuff out the danger with some really alert and, um, and excellent goalkeeping. Um, at the other end, um, Ashleen de Hoog was in inspired form under the bar for the Red Panthers. She made one absolutely outstanding save from Hannah Martin to glove a ball to safety, um, but she did make a string of other saves too, which left Great Britain pretty frustrated. Laura Unsworth thought she'd given GB the lead when she bobbled home a penalty corner rebound, but to the disappointment of the crowd, her goal was successfully referred by Belgium and ruled out for use of the back of the stick. Martin and Sarah Robertson both drew saves from De Hoog, and then Izzy Petter thudded a shot against the post. Absolutely agonising. The crowd all thought it was in. I did too, to be honest. And we all thought it was a first international goal for the Surbiton youngster. But sadly, the frame of the goal denied her. Great Britain were dominating, but they just couldn't find a way past the Belgian goalkeeper. All that changed in the third quarter. Another great run and shot from Hunter forced a penalty corner and Grace Ballston marked her 50th international appearance with an absolute rocket of a drag flick right into the roof of the net, which sent the crowd wild. A splendid goal from her and another glimpse of what she is capable of from the top of the circle. With the team having played a game the day before compared with Belgium's three weeks of rest, you could have been forgiven for thinking GB would tire. There was nothing tired about the second goal, though. Lily Owsley picked the ball up just inside um, just inside her own half, and she just ran and ran. She carved right through the defence and then unleashed a fierce backhand strike into the net, giving home no chance. It was an absolutely wonderful goal. Um, it came seven minutes from time, and Great Britain did a, a good job of managing the game from that point on. They took the ball into the corner, they ran the clock down, they broke the play up to protect their lead and get the three points. Um, a very well-deserved three points and a well-needed win, which moved them up one place in the standings. You could argue, and I did see some comments on Twitter to this effect, saying that the opposition wasn't of the same quality as the day before. You could argue that coming in cold didn't help Belgium, but I don't think anyone from Great Britain would really care about that. It's clear to see the improvements the side are making under Mark Hagar. They may not be massive changes, but they are there if you look. Anyway, I spoke to Mark Hagar, the man himself, the Great Britain coach, after the match, and here's what he had to say. So, um... A big three points for you guys today. You must be really happy with the way the girls played. Yeah, I think that's the, the best thing is we played really well, I thought, today. And particularly for three quarters of the game, we controlled the tempo. There were, there were little moments, but, uh, but I thought we scrambled really well in defence. And that's something we've been working on in training. And we're trying to create as many chances as we can. And I know we probably didn't get the conversion rate we wanted today, but I'm their goalkeeper, give her credit, she made some bloody good saves, you know. And um, I mean, obviously, yesterday was a bit disappointing to lose the shootout. How difficult is it for you with such a short turnaround to sort of um, get the girls back up and, and concentrating on the job today? Well, I think this suits us more because we're so used to playing tournament mode and back-to-back sort of games. So 
sometimes it can work in your favour. You're already match fit, you're match prepared by playing the day before. And like Belgium haven't played, I think, for probably four weeks, something like that. So they, they're coming in cold. So maybe that helped us as well. And you've, you've only been in the job a short time, and uh, you know you can obviously see the improvements game to game. Um, how, how far along are you in terms of where you want the squad to be? Uh, yeah, I was asked that question earlier. I, I reckon we're at about 70%. I still think we've got a long way to go. Um, you know, there's, there's some key factors we still got to work on and improve, and uh, we just got to now keep grinding away at it and, and train hard. And, and uh, I still think we can be fitter. I think that's one area where we can really make big gains in, um, and that'll help some of our skills, particularly late in the game, improve. And uh, just a word about some of the, the young players you brought in. Obviously, Izzy Patter has come in, and, and you know we've seen you bringing in players from the EDP. Um, how important is it to get those players the sort of experience at this level for you? Yeah, I think it's good to give them a taste, not just the training, but also they've earned their right to play. Like I was so, I, I, was, oh, I was jumping up and down for Izzy Petter. I thought she scored, you know. And, <laughs> but that's what she can bring to the team. She's, I think she's, as an 18-year-old, she's someone who is capable of being a prolific goal scorer. She's, she's got to get used to this level. And, you know, she's played uh, one of the best teams in the world yesterday in a team that's in the top four that's improving year by year. So, and she didn't look out of place. So, it's, you know, it's good experience for her. And, uh, you know, win under your belts. Where, where do you go from here? What would you like to see from the group from now? Uh, just consistency. You know, we've got Belgium next game in their home turf. So, that'll be a good test for us. Um, can we back it up? Um, and I think that's the thing this team's got to learn is consistency in performance is, you know, one good weekend doesn't mean you're going to do well the following weekend. So we just, and then we got the Dutch after that. So that'll be a real, a real, real challenge. But, you know, you want to play the best in the world. And as a coach and as players, you want to find out what your weaknesses and strengths are. Some uh, really interesting points from Mark Hagar there. Um, I like what he said about stringing the performances together and trying to find that consistency. And I like that he recognises that there's plenty of work to do, but he definitely isn't shirking that challenge. And judging from the interview I did with Lily Owsley the day before, uh, the players are very much on board with what he's trying to do and they've very much bought into what's happening. Um Another point I wanted to make is uh, around Lily Owsley's importance to the team. I think it's it's clearer to see than perhaps it ever has been in the past um, how central she is to their attacking options. Um, with Alex Danson now injured and we're not sure when she might come back, Sophie Bray obviously announcing her retirement, um, Owsley's really had to take up the attacking mantle. Her pace and power is always a threat. Um, she made some really nice combinations with Hannah Martin, and I think in time that pairing could be really key to Great Britain as, as they try to you know, create things and, and chances and score goals. Um, it's easy to forget that Lily Owsley is still very young. She's only 24, I think, um, but with almost 150 caps to her name, and um, with players from the previous cycle gone now, um, she's really had to step up and she seems to be relishing that challenge, and she's playing absolutely brilliantly at the moment. So long may that continue. The final point I wanted to make before we move on to the men's game uh, relates to Grace Ballston. Um, I've always made no secret of the fact that I'm not impartial when it comes to Great Britain teams. I want them to win every game. I want them to play brilliantly and score loads of goals and be the best team in the world. And so... Sometimes my analysis, if, if that's what you want to call it, uh, can come from a fan point of view rather than an impartial perspective. And I'm afraid that's the case here with, with Grace. Grace is a player I have a lot of time for. Um, I've watched her many times playing for Canterbury, uh, learning under the expert tutelage of, of Mel Clulo. I've seen her develop from a shy, raw defender who clearly had plenty of talent into a player who's really starting to look at home on the international stage. And I'm delighted to see her reach 50 caps. I was absolutely delighted to see her score a brilliant goal on the occasion of her half century. You know, what a goal it was. Um, I'm hopeful she'll continue to improve and continue to treat us to more penalty corner rockets in the coming months and years. Um, 
Giselle Ansley seems to be finding uh, a good range from the top of the circle. Um, with Grace hopefully going from strength to strength with her penalty corners, fingers crossed that's an area of the, the game that Great Britain women can finally um, you know, put to bed and really make some improvements in with those two on the top of the circle. Anyway, I couldn't let her go without a quick interview. And so here's Grace Ballston after the win over Belgium. Um, so, Grace, um, a, a great win for you guys today. What are your thoughts immediately after the game? Um, just a great performance. We stuck in. Uh, we put lots of chances on goal. And OK, there, goalkeeper played outstanding. She made lots of saves. But we dug in. We kept we were persistent. We kept on, you know, putting things at her. And eventually we won a corner and put it in. And that broke the tension. And then, you know, Lily's outstanding goal, dribbling from almost the halfway line and creating an unbelievable chance and goal. So, yeah, we're very happy. The girls had an excellent performance yesterday against Argentina, just didn't get the result. And today I think we put in a really good performance and, and it paid off and, and we got that three points that we've been after for a, for a while now. And for you personally, that's your 50th international cap. Well, what did that feel like to not only have that game, but also to, to get a win on that occasion? Yeah, it's very special, you know, in front of a home crowd. Um, my parents and my brother and friends and family are all here. Um, supporting among lots of great, um, enthusiastic um, supporters that here that turn up every week, um, despite the weather, whatever the weather is. Today it, um, it was electric and, and it was really nice to play in front of home crowd to get that three points. And then you went and scored a goal like that. You must have been absolutely flying when that <laughs> went in. Yeah, um, I was, I was, you know, we practice a lot. We practice scenarios and. Um, you, know, you just got to step up, take your chance, and and, that, and it paid off. And I'm really proud of the girls. They won that corner for me, and I could just finish it off at the end of the day. And uh, how important was it for you guys to get a win? You know, given the run that you've been on in the Pro League, it must have been really, really, you know, crucial to you today. Yeah, we've been chasing a win for a while now, and um, you know that's that's a relief to show that we can we can put in an outstanding performance, show what we're capable of, and get three points. And we just need to build and, and replicate that performance. You know, week in, week out now. It's brilliant. Thank you very much. It's now time for the third and final clue in today's Who Am I quiz. I suspect if you haven't got it already, this one will give it away. Here it comes. I am not the only international hockey player in my family. My brother plays for Great Britain men and has played in two Olympic Games. That clue again. I am not the only international hockey player in my family. My brother plays for Great Britain men and has played in two Olympic Games. I reckon you'll have got that one by now, but don't worry if you haven't. The answer is coming up soon. And so, having played the Olympic champions the day before, Danny Kerry's Great Britain side took on the world champions Belgium on the Sunday. No easy weekend, that's for sure. Uh, Belgium came to London with three wins and two draws from their five FIH Pro League matches, a run which put the Red Lions in second place in the table. Uh, Great Britain have had a good campaign so far, four wins from seven. Um, but they came into the match having lost to Argentina just 24 hours earlier, as we've already heard. Great Britain made a fast start and were first to threaten goal. Uh, Vincent van Asch saved well from Phil Roper. But then thereafter, Belgium began to gain control. And as the quarter progressed, they did a really good job of stifling Great Britain's attack. And on the occasions GB were able to bypass the Belgian back line, they came up against the world's best goalkeeper, Van Asch, who was saving everything. Uh, Belgium took the lead. Um, Tom Sorsby was robbed by Tom Bone. Um, he took the ball into the circle and teed up Florian Van Obel, and he made no mistake, shot past Harry Gibson for the game's opening goal. Um, you remember what I said yesterday about mistakes at international level. There's a bit of a lesson learned for Sorsby in his second international appearance there, I think. Um, John John Doman back in the Belgium side for his 369th cap after a six-month layoff. Um, you'll recall he had to leave the World Cup early due to a problem with his lungs. 
Um, he's now back in the side and, and looking as strong as ever. He slotted in Belgium second from a penalty corner rebound. And then Thomas Briels made it 3-0 after another turnover high up the pitch. Um, goalkeeper George Pino did save brilliantly from the initial shot, uh, but Briels was the quickest to react and he nudged the ball home from the rebound. Uh, we, we have seen some incredible comebacks in the Pro League, uh, you know, not least uh, Great Britain's remarkable win over Spain, uh, but Belgium weren't having any of that. Um, their discipline, their deep defence was excellent. Their ball retention was also superb, and even without the likes of Arthur Van Doren in, in the lineup, they showed what a class outfit they are. Um, Great Britain took off their goalkeeper to try and recover something, but all that did was result in another goal for John John Doman. He bundled in his second, Belgium's fourth. Um, with 90 seconds left, GB did win a penalty corner, and Sam Ward gave it absolutely everything. Uh, but Van Ash was down in a flash, made another excellent save, uh, finished 4-0 to Belgium. After the match, I caught up with Phil Roper just to get his take on the game. Um, a, a really tough game for you guys today. Just your, your thoughts on the, the match and the performance overall. Um, I think we definitely could have played better. Um, credit to Belgium, like the world champions, they're not world champions for, for no reason. They pressed really well, they won a lot of ball off us and they were pretty clinical. Um, we've got to look at our play, our circle play, like we created some really good chances but didn't seem quite convert. Um, uh, have, a, have a decent week's training and then uh, go, go on the road to Holland and Belgium for more Tough games, but hopefully, get some results. I mean, uh, you know, Danny mentioned yesterday he perhaps didn't convert as many chances as you'd like, and you've just said that today. Is that is that sort of the main difference with these two games? It feels like it, to be honest, because um, early on in the Pro League, we, we, we've been scoring goals and converting chances, and it just feels like maybe we've just got to have a little look back, see what we're doing well then. You know, we still got a lot of positives. We still created the chances, so it'd be more worrying if we weren't creating the chances. And, uh, you know, it's a, a really tough weekend. You know, the Olympic champion Saturday, uh, world champion Sunday. What, what's that been like to, to play in two such big games back to back? To be honest, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Like the fact that they, you know, you had two such big challenges, and we've already played Argentina and had a really good result against them. It was another another really good challenge. It's amazing to have such good support at home. Just hopefully next time we're here, we can we can get a win for. And uh, more big games, you know, coming thick and fast. Holland and Belgium on their own patch. What do you expect from those games? Again, similar, similar to Belgium today in terms of them being uh, being fierce, winning the ball back and being really clinical. So uh, looking forward to having that challenge again. And Holland, obviously, you know what Holland, everyone knows what Holland are like. Really, really nice ball players. But hopefully we can, uh, we've been really good on the road this year. So hopefully we can carry that on. Fantastic. Thanks very much, mate. I think one of the things that Roper said there is, is a really valid point. Um, that weekend, that they created plenty of chances, but they just weren't able to take them for whatever reason. Early on in the Pro League, uh, Great Britain was scoring loads of goals. Um, they are still creating the chances now. They're still playing well. So it's definitely not time to panic just yet. Um, all it takes is a couple to go in, and then you're back in form, you're confident, and you're banging the goals in. And uh, I have faith that they'll address that problem. They'll go back to scoring plenty of goals soon. Um, I thought Great Britain played well in spells, um, but Belgium were absolutely class. As Roper said, they're the world champions. They are the best side in the world. The depth of their squad is, is frightening. Um, I sat next to a Belgian journalist who, who kept reminding me that they were without Van Doren, the world's best player, before chuckling to himself. Um, I did point out that Loic Van Doren was on the bench, but I think something was lost in translation because he didn't seem to find it very funny. But anyway, it's probably a lot, fun be a lot of fun being a, a Belgian fan right now because they are truly an excellent side. Um, what I would say is that, like the GB women, GB men are, are still finding their feet under a new coach. Um, Danny Kerry is a proven winner. He is a fantastic coach. No question about that. 
but he hasn't been in the position for very long. Um, they are getting there. It's great they're in the top four and they're in contention and they're really competing in the Pro League. Um, they just need to find that extra few percent from somewhere so that they can compete with the likes of Belgium, Australia, you know, those sorts of really top sides. If we want to be winning medals, those are the teams we need to be targeting. And hopefully Danny Kerry can find that formula. It'd be exciting to see what he does and, and if he can push them that few extra percent and, and rate them, you know, back really amongst the really, really top sides. I guess we'll see. Time will tell. Before we go, um, the moment you've all been waiting for, I'm sure... It's time to reveal the identity of today's mystery hockey player in the Who Am I quiz. Quick recap of the three clues. Um, Clue one, I started my club career at Ipswich Hockey Club and won a European Championships bronze medal and a Commonwealth Games bronze medal. Uh, Clue two, I have 55 international caps to my name and have scored nine goals in that time. Clue three, I'm not the only international hockey player in my family. My brother plays for Great Britain men and has played in two Olympic Games. Did you get it? The answer is, of course, Great Britain's Hannah Martin. I think the last clue was a bit of a giveaway. Well done if you got it. If you didn't, no worries. We'll have another one coming up in the next podcast. And that's just about it for this podcast. Um, Don't forget to subscribe on whichever podcast app that you like to use. Uh, Please leave a review. um, Share with your friends and your family and anyone you know that might want to listen to it. As always, I really appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen to every every episode of the podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch, I'm on Twitter. I'm at the top of the D. Give me a shout on there. Um, I'm also on Facebook as the top of the d and on instagram at the top of the d if you'd like to see any of the stuff i've written it's all on my website which is of course the top of the as always thank you for listening thank you to those of you who've made it all the way through and we'll have another episode of the podcast out again soon mm-hmm.